Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's been busy, busy week, but uh, we're here. We missed last week's episode of the podcast, but we're back this week, and uh, yeah, we got lots to talk about. I think, man, should be a good episode. We're gonna try to keep it short though, because football's on in like 45 minutes. So like. Uh- yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, my Giants, <laughs> my five and one Giants, are playing the Jaguars, okay. and the Jaguars are favorites. So yeah, that should be a fun one. My Seahawks, Geno Smith. Listen, all jokes aside, how crazy is it that the narrative really is how Russell Wilson wasted Pete Carroll's prime? I've heard you say that before. And I feel like you're the only one who has that narrative in mind. It's uh, just, it's reality. Look at the situation. Look at Russell Wilson, what he's doing without Pete Carroll. Look at what Pete Carroll's doing with a career backup. You can't argue who leads to who's prime. <laughs> I, I mean, it, that, that's fair. That's 100% fair. But at the same time, I don't think that's everyone's narrative. I think that's a very specific person's narrative. Okay, but we got like, what, 11 weeks for everyone to get on board? That is true. And I think people are coming around to it. Yeah. Every week where Russell Wilson puts like another like one touchdown on the board with 100 yards passing. It's just. It is fair. Like they have been quite bad. Like there's no other way to put it. Broncos have just been bad. Yeah. It's no the coaching, ever. too. The coaching has to be yeah. a problem, you know. Oh, the coaching is brutal. Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. We're neither of us are Broncos but yeah. fans. But, yeah, so next week, though, it's your Seahawks versus my Giants. I think we should put a little wager on it. Maybe we should. I think Solo we... episode for the loser. <laughs> That way we involve anybody who listens. They have to suffer through one of us. No, we can't do that. <laughs> That'd be brutal. Oh, that and also, would... like, I'm not that confident in the Seahawks. <laughs> it's way too serious of a wager. Yeah. But we'll think of something. Yeah, we will. Yeah. What about, okay, I have an idea. But I'm going to share it off air. Okay. You know, surprise the listeners. But definitely should do that. But, uh, yeah, Florida Panthers, lots going on with the team. Off to a decent start to the season. Um, Obviously losing the battle of of Florida to Tampa Bay in overtime. But right now, you have to take it. No team in the Atlantic Division is below 500. Isn't that crazy? Which, and we talked about it kind of before the season where this division we knew was going to be tough. And a lot of the top teams got just that little bit worse. And a lot of the bottom teams got a good amount better. And you're kind of seeing that play out right now in the standings. Exactly. And my initial, like, it's surprising. Some of the teams that are doing so well, like Buffalo's, uh, Western Canada trip has been unbelievable. It really has. Like, the, the, you know, and it's just you're, you're looking at it and you're going like, holy moly, we have eight like solid teams. If not, not how many teams are in, is it eight in the division? 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It, we'll it be- sounds right. I have it in front of me. I could honestly just look. <laughs> yeah. It's um, eight. Like all eight of these teams are pretty good. Yeah. Like they're Although all. I, I I do think like you look at Montreal. I do think that's gonna like. You saw it against Dallas last night. I I think that'll they'll they'll, they'll um there'll be some natural repositioning um in the coming weeks, and I feel like Montreal is gonna be one of the teams that's gonna drop off. Um, oh yeah, I, I assume Buffalo will be too. But Buffalo's been playing some really good hockey. It's, it's uh, Buffalo. They're always such a trap because they always get off to a good start, and then you're like. No, this year they're like for real. They're actually good. It's not like last year where they were just getting bounces. But at the same time, they they are playing good hockey. Exactly. So and, and that's a that's a good point you bring up that like that every year, or at least almost every year, some years. It's like the last three years they've gotten off to a great start and then crumbled. Yeah. Like remember when Eichel was still there and they had like that sixteen and zero start or something like that. It was it was a ridiculous start. And they, they didn't had. make the playoffs. Yeah. Like it's just and Rasmus Dahlin, like at least he showed up this season. Yeah, like it's been it's been very impressive uh, for that team. So definitely excited to see the first uh, Florida Buffalo matchup, and I can actually say that unironically. I know. Used to, we used to look at that matchup and think, oh, it's a points night for the team. Now it's like, no, oh, it's a good important game. It, exactly. And now sticking with the Panthers here. Um. I just want to say, how good has Matthew Kachuk been so far? I mean, he's been, he's been, he's as advertised. Like, he has been the, you know, maybe probably minus Barkov has been the best player on the Panthers. Like, without a doubt. And if not better than Barkov, you know, it's, his his game has been, as advertised, he can Which, put up yeah, points. Yeah, it's really it's it's he as score, advertised. He can score goals in some really tough areas, and he brings that grit to his game. We saw it. We we saw it against that first game in Buffalo. Yeah, like, there there was grit, and he, he like, is just such a gamer. Exactly, and he right? loves it. He loves it. Yeah, he, like he knows his role, and to me, there was no doubt he was going to be you know, a great fit in Florida. And he's been exactly that. I love the play. I don't love it, but like in the Tampa game, right? He gets called for that like pretty weak penalty, right? Uh, In overtime, right? And then it's like, well, you've already gotten the penalty, right? You might as well give the guy, you know. He, he, <laughs> buttered, he buttered it on. Did they just give him a minor? I can't, I didn't look at the game sheet. I don't look at the game. It doesn't matter though, because like you're at the end of the game, right? I thought the original call was kind of soft, but they're going to call it. Get your money's worth. Yeah, it looked like you whacked him across the back, though. Like, I, I don't know how soft it was, but I don't. Um, know. Yeah, like just, it's that mentality of if 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 I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take someone with me. Yeah, you and, like you might as uh, well. He, he always tries to do that, and you want to know what. It might not work every time, but I can guarantee you it gets under guys' skin, skins under guys' skins every time. Yeah, like he's he's such a perfect player. Like he brings so much more than the points. And I mean, the points are there, eight points in five games, which is if you're keeping score at home, twice as many as Huberto. Just throwing it out there. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I've, I, I saw Huberto play on Tuesday I went to the game I was mentioning that to you uh, a few minutes ago and um like he looks good but he does not look as good as Matthew Kachuk has it's just the reality like I I I think that Matthew Kachuk was the best player in that trade I I don't think there's I, I don't think you can make a debate out of that um and yeah, it's paying off. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, looking at those two guys, what they're doing with their respective teams, I think Matthew Kachuk has had the greater impact. For me, I see Huberto over there in Calgary. He's wearing the number 10. The previous number 10 for Calgary was Derek Ryan. I mistake the two like at least two, three times a game. That's just <laughs> the way it's been for him. But no, like, no disrespect. I'm a good player. But 
uh, Kachuk's been great for the Panthers. They've needed him to be good. Other guys, the depth guys are chipping in. Um, do you like the signing of Eric Stahl? They just got him signed a few days ago. I mean, no. <laughs> I, I it's, It is what it is. Like, it's, a, it's no money whatsoever, and he's just going to play fourth-line minutes. The thing is, like, I, don't, it, just, I don't mind the deal so long as it doesn't mean I actually have to watch him play hockey, so long as it's just like a practice contract. He's so slow. Like, you can't. That he didn't even play in the NHL last year. You can't yeah. tell me this guy's in NHL shape that he's going to be yeah. quick enough for for the NHL. Um, like at the end of the day, it's so little money that we, even if we have an opinion, it doesn't really matter because it's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, You're like I think also Derek Stall. Like he's very slow now. He was also never fast. No, and the. It's a, it's an interesting one, and it's 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 just an experience add to me. It's just a, a veteran voice in the room. Yeah, I I, I don't know what it is. I yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, the only other downside to me is that even though it's not a lot of money, it, it does take up cap space, and he is not a defenseman. And Florida's D was thin to start the year, but Aaron Ekblad going down. How much do you think that hurts this team? Because to me, I don't think there is a bigger player they could have lost. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that, you know, any player on the team, that's probably the one guy you don't want to see going down. Yeah. Um, because, like, is Aaron Eckblad the best player on the Panthers? No, right? He's, like, third. But – is he the most important? Arguably, just because of how thin that D is. And and especially with the injury history that he has, to see him go down this early in a season for that amount of time. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, how many, like, how, how many times have we gone through this? Is this just... I, I, it, do we get to the point where, with Aaron Ekblad, we consider, like... Um, what, what do they call it in basketball? Game management? Load management. For Aaron Ekblad? He, he's a freaking band-aid at this point. He, it's getting to that point, and it sucks because he's such a good player. He is, and he's, when so, he's, healthy. Important, and he's so important for the team, but he just keeps on getting injured and injured. And it's like, at, at some point, how, how, do we, how do we manage that? And... Thankfully, he's not out for the entire season, and he'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. And it's, it's also a, it's also it, nice, it's too, a, that looking at the schedule, it's probably the weakest stretch of games for the Panthers this season. But it's, and, a, but, it's still a devastating blow, you know? I, I don't really see how else you can look at it. It's just... Yeah, it and, you, and you had Montour, who was hurt there for a bit. And I think the big thing is you look at this defense, right? And with Aaron Ekblad healthy, you were already asking a lot of guys to to really step up and to play a role that is above what they've done so far in their careers. You were already asking that of them for a exactly. lot of these guys like Forsling and Montour. And now the pressure's really on for guys to step up. Uh, and it's going to be tough. I mean... I haven't been a huge fan of what I've seen from from Mark Stahl so far. Um, he seems to to not be an NHL quality defenseman, and they kind of need him to be. They they need a lot of things, and it, it's it's a really tough situation now. And you look at if a trade is possible, you know, because you can't. It's tough. It's really tough with the salary cap. Yeah, it makes it so like they're so tied up against it that it does make it hard to maneuver. Uh, look, like, and we talked about this year as kind of being a bit of a punt for the Panthers. Um, and with you know if the cap's projected to go up four million, you have some money coming off the books. Like they'll be in a good spot next summer to beef up that blue line, hopefully. Yeah, but to do something mid-season with them being as tight to the cap as they are it's going to be near impossible you're 
upgrades are most likely going to have to come within. Uh, one guy, though, who has impressed me, I will say, I want to give him some credit, is Josh Mahura. Yeah, he's been he's been solid. Right? Like, he hasn't, you know, they're not asking him to play a ton of minutes, right? He's a waiver wire ad. Um, I know, I think you and I are both decent fans of Josh Mahura's game from when we watched him playing in junior. Uh, the summer development camp's always been a good skater. I, I like him a lot, especially as a depth defenseman and the tools that he has. So for me, um, I think he's going to see, you know, he'll probably get a bit, a bit of a bump in minutes. And so far he's fit right in with this Panthers defense and giving them just that little bit more depth. Yeah. And you want to know what he's gotten on the score sheet a couple times too. So um, uh, you need those kind of guys that can just be like solid, not really do that much more than they're asked, but they do what they're asked. And that that's that's being an, an NHL caliber um, player. Um, so it's just it's really good, but you wish you had maybe three Josh Mahuras, you know. Um, and unfortunately, that's not always possible. Yeah, like I think yeah, you wish you had more guys like that. I think his skating ability fits really well with the system the Panthers have in place, right? They're, you know, they like having that mobility in their defensemen with guys like Forsling and Montour. He's another guy kind of similar to that to a little bit lesser extent. Um, so it's nice to see him kind of find a bit of a role. I also wish, and it's, again, tough because of the cap to make it work to get him up getting games, but I'd like to see more Lucas Carlson. We've only seen him in the one Philly game, and I want to see more of him this year. And so I'm hoping they're able to find a way to make the money work that they can have him up with the team and out there, because I think he's a guy who can legitimately help this defense. 100%. And that's a guy who got into a few games last season and really showed that he could play with, the, with the best. So, I mean, to, to get him into games now when your blue line is so thin and there's opportunity to kind of like play above your, your level. I think this could be really good for him to get into games now. But as, as you said, like you, you need to make the money work and that's not, that's not always possible. Yeah. I think if you could just like ship off the stall brothers, send them down, you know, Charlotte checkers. Yeah. He used to play for the hurricanes. It's right there. Um, but I would love to be able to see more Lucas Carlson because I think, you know, with some of the tougher games coming up with Ekblad still out, uh, defense is going to be the most important thing. And I think he's a guy that really helps. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, there's a, yeah, there's a, you would love to get rid of the stall guys and get something in return. Um, it, it's that, that, it's just so peculiar is, is, Florida was built was built on speed last season. And, you know, they had some really quick players, some quick transition guys. And now you're kind of going in the complete opposite direction, getting guys like Mark Stahl and Eric Stahl. So it's a bit puzzling. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I think that your, your top six is still intact. And that's such a huge... Um, like driving force for the Panthers' success, and your two goalies are still doing are still healthy. They're they're doing pretty good. So, um, definitely no hitting the panic button yet. Uh, no, no, no nowhere of, close to hitting the panic button. Right no. now, it's kind of just like in like a just keep your head above the water until you can get you know Ekblad healthy, Declare healthy, uh and make your team deeper right now, you're just kind of really relying on a lot of uh, your top guys, which is a bit different than what they were able to do last season. Um, and you mentioned those four guys, like as much as it's like, you know, a, a fourth line player or a third pairing defense, and it doesn't matter if they can't skate. Like when you're a coach and you have your system in place, you kind of want to play the same system up and down your lineup. And that's really impossible when you have guys that are great skaters and guys that just can't move. Right. Right. Like you want to have that cohesiveness 
especially if you need to shuffle things around and it makes it really difficult when guys, there's such a gap in ability. 100%. And so I think that's going to be one of the big challenges for this team, but overall, I think it's a decent start. They're about where you'd expect them to be. Uh, Maybe you'd like for them to win uh, the one against Tampa, but they grab a point there, one against Boston in those divisional games. But overall, I think it's a, a positive start for the team and we'll kind of see what they do over the next, you know, week or so. Um, before we move into our ad read though, I had one last question to you. It doesn't pertain to the Panthers specifically, but what is one team for you that has really exceeded your expectations this year? And maybe a team that has really fallen below what you thought they were going to do this season. Just so far, I know it's early, but there are already a few candidates for these. Yeah, we we already kind of talked about the Sabres, but... Um, yeah, I think Sabres for sure are exceeding what yeah. you'd expect, but at the same time, like, they've baited us before. That, that, that is true. I think uh, exceeding my expectation, I think number one would be Philadelphia. It's got to be, right? Uh, it's They've been, they've been good. It's, it's John Tortorella, man. He, he whipped him into shape. He honestly has that effect. I remember the first that that first stretch of games he was in Columbus. It was the same thing. Yeah, he gets like people rip on him because he's a really old school guy. He hasn't been like unsuccessful. He gets results, right? And if that's what you're after, I mean, you look at what Philly's doing right now. You look at that roster. That roster is not good. And. and uh, yeah, the, the, the other one I think I'd mention in uh, exceeding, and I same same division, and um, maybe not as not to the same extent, but Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh scoring six goals or more in four of their five games so far. That's yeah. I was watching them last. I night. I, I, w- I wasn't expecting that from a Pittsburgh team that is probably like you know closer to their end than their beginning. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they've been able to do. Yeah. I think for me, them, and then you, yeah, again, the Sabres, um, I think the Bruins as well with some of the injuries they've had, uh, have done really, really well for themselves, uh, being top of the division. I thought they were going to take a bit of a step back this year. Um, but they've been, uh, right in the mix Dallas. I thought they'd be good this year. They've been really, really good. Um, Looking fantastic, you know, under new coach Pete DeBoer, who I know you're a big, big fan of. I know you are too. So, yeah. Of course, we're both big uh, DeBoer fans. So, those ones that exceed expectations in terms of have really fallen below expectations, I got two clear teams in mind. Okay. I, I spotted I, two teams. I honestly but... think we're probably thinking of the same two. I know at least one of them is the same. All right, are we thinking? I'm thinking the Minnesota Wild. I'm thinking Minnesota Wild. Yeah. And then are you also thinking Vancouver Canucks? I was. I yeah. really was. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the Vancouver Canucks is, is I, I wasn't expecting them to be good, but I was expecting them to have a win six games into the season. And I was expecting them to be able to hold a third period lead. Right. Like, it's just not what you expect at all. And I honestly, like, I think a lot of this is falling on Bruce Boudreau uh, and his coaching. And it seems like, um, you know, there's people calling for him to be, you know, let go. I think this one's on the players, to be honest. I, I honestly, I am, I, I am sure you saw what happened last night. Oh, in the, what was it? The second intermission? Yeah. Like, Name one more, one team in the NHL other than the Canucks that has had that, an incident like that so far in the season. It's just them. Like at, at the end of the day, if your players are getting into to arguments on the ice at home, everyone can see you. Home and I opener. get that they, I get that they started the season on the road. But here's a newsflash: being on the road isn't an excuse to lose a game. No, like you still have to win those road games. They're arguably more important than your home games. Yeah, I know it's it's always tough to win on the road, but 
you can't just lose them all. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't know who's to blame. I think that's a, that's a really tough question this early in the season with this little looks, but certainly when you, when you drop that many third period leads, uh, I do think you, you have a right to blame the coaching for some of it. Um, but when you see, pardon my, when you see shit like last night in Vancouver, guys getting into arguments on the ice and a third guy needing to come in and break it up, I think there there's clear blame on the players as well, if not well, I, I'm listening not probably to... more than than on the coach. Well, because I'm listening and I'm listening to like Bruce Boudreaux in his press conferences, right? And it honestly sounds like he just can't get anything through to the players. Like for whatever reason, they just don't seem to care um, about winning, about playing for each other. Like it seems like the message just isn't getting through. I don't know if the message is the right one, but it seems like something's seriously broken there right now in Vancouver. And I think the their president, Jim Rutherford, was talking about, well, maybe we're in a rebuild, right? And it's like, you can say that and your results say that, but every move you've made has indicated that you were trying to be competitive this year. And it hasn't worked out that way. And I know, I mean, this is the first mention of a rebuild I hear. That's the thing is like every action you've taken points to not a rebuild, Yeah. Right? you go out, you sign Kuzmenko, you have all these ridiculously big contracts that are really just self-inflicted. You re-sign JT Miller. Those aren't moves a team going into a rebuild makes a team going into a rebuild sells off all those pieces, gets a bunch of first and second round picks and you're the Arizona coyotes. Who, by the way, have been so bad, but like exactly what we expected. Oh, and man. How amazing is it that their win came against Toronto? Yeah, I, I one of my buddies, he went to the, the game, the Leafs uh, Coyotes game. And he's like the most pessimistic Leafs fan I know. And he's always like, he's like, I know I'm going to pay like $150 for a ticket to go watch the Leafs play one time this year. And I know it's going to be the exact night the boys just decide they don't want to play hockey. They don't want to show yep. up tonight. And so we went to that one. Yep. So I, I, anyway, sorry, sorry to get off topic with the, with the Coyotes, but um, yeah, Vancouver, there's a lot of figuring out to do and they need to do it fast because it's really easy to get into a hole and it's really hard to get out of it. And they are just, they are digging it for themselves at this point. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other one we also mentioned, Minnesota. Um, I honestly, like, I've watched a bunch of Minnesota this year. I think their record is a bit harsh on them. Yeah, I don't think they're playing as bad as their record reflects. And I think they've been, they've been unlucky. They've been in some really close games. Um, you look at last night against uh, Boston. They lose 11 seconds left in overtime. Taylor Hall scores. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a tough one. Like, it's just you don't get the breaks. And um, I'm pretty sure they had another game where they, they lost in the last minute or so. so and they've, had a, they've played some good teams too. Like, exactly, exactly. So that, that, and that's one that I don't want to read into too much. Um, but and and the offense has been there for them it's the defense which is weird is yeah it certainly is disappointing um and of course their only win comes against the vancouver canucks um oh as it would right yeah but they they've played some really tough teams it hasn't been easy um so yeah i think you know if we look back in a month from now they're much higher up exactly yeah Okay, sorry. One last thing before the ad break. I totally forgot. The reverse retro jerseys. What do you think of the Panthers one? Um, I think we should do a separate episode on reverse retros, to be honest. Well, I was, but, I was thinking we'd do like but, a rankings episode, but I wanted yeah, to just quickly yeah, get your thoughts but, on But the Panthers have the clear-cut best jersey in the league. Yeah. Like, like of the reverse retros, in my opinion, it's – it's it's unbelievable and it's funny because I was talking to someone the other day about it and they were like, 
man, like it's it's weird. Like I look at the jersey and all I can think of is like the the boys like Jokinen and Vokun and like it's it's like it's just a jersey that you look at and makes you think of all the good players that have been on this these teams and have have really put their mark on the the Panthers organization and I I just think it's really cool they did a really really good job I think it's really, yeah really well done no I think it is like fantastic I find it interesting though like a lot of people are you know love this jersey right. But from a lot of the Panthers fans I see, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's not great. I disagree. I think it's fantastic. I think it's the most Florida jersey the Panthers have ever had when you just look at it, the bright colors, right? It's the most yeah, Florida-looking jersey. Like, doesn't it make you just want to, like, go have a beer, maybe play with a little road hockey by the beach and just relax? Like, it, it, right? And I think when you look at – when you just talk about reverse retros in general, like, the whole assignment of a reverse retro is to, like – really be you know touch into a bit of your team's history right but also make it fun exciting and and new right something a little bit different not just toss it back to an an old jersey you had i think no jersey of this reverse retro set does this better than the panthers Mm -hmm. right and i i will concede i think it's a weak class of reverse retros i don't think there's that many really great ones let me tell you i am well, we'll get, we're going to get into it in the I am really room. looking forward to ripping some of them because some of them are truly just horrible and makes you go, what the, like, just every year, right? Every year. But yeah. um, I do think there's a select few that, that made the cut, but the, the Panthers one, just above all else. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I actually, I woke up that morning when they came out to a text from uh, my buddy, Ben, you know, from, from school. Oh, I know Benjamin. Yeah. First message I see, he messaged me. I haven't talked to this guy in months. And all the message says is, Bedsy, walk, don't run over to NHL.com and grab yourself a Florida Panthers reverse retro. <laughs> so nice. And I was like, oh, I'm on it, Ben. And they are expensive this year, let me tell you. Well, they didn't get cheaper, that's for sure. No, that's for sure. Yeah, they never do. But all right, we'll do a quick ad read and then we're going to get into talking about some uh, of the NHL awards because we said we'd do that this episode. And then next week we'll do uh, some reverse retro rankings, I think. Um, But hockey fans, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Obviously, you know, Noah and I will be throwing down a lot on our Panthers this season. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Honestly, my recommendation at this point for that, uh, that quick ad read, though, is realistically... Uh, just bet on any team to beat the Coyotes or any team to beat the Canucks, and you're probably sitting in a good spot. You probably that is, are. I don't usually give out gambling advice. That is probably – when it comes to hockey, there's a lot of luck involved, right? Yeah. Probably your safest bets. Probably is. I completely agree. Um, But, yeah, all right. Let's get into it. The NHL awards. Uh, we're not going to go through – well, we'll go through all of them. All right, Stanley got President's Trophy. We're going to skip those, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do the individual. We'll do individual ones. We won't do Con Smythe, obviously. All right, let's, let's start Let's start off. Should we start with let's the big ones? Let's just do the big ones. All right, here we go. Yeah. Uh, we'll go Hart Trophy. Hmm. Starting off strong. Um, Always a tricky one because, realistically, you got to make the playoffs. Your team has to just yeah. based on how they usually do it. It's it's a tough one, right? Because you, you want, like, 
mentally, you know who probably can win it every year, but you also want to go kind of off the board with your pick. Like, like let's go, let's go off the assumption that we can't pick McDavid for this. Okay. Because okay. he is the favorite. Now, granted, I don't think McDavid's been that great this year. Like, he hasn't been, like, un- unbelievable, but he's still, like, tied for second in the league in points. And he's been, like, I think even by his standards, like, decent. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want, to go, or do you want me to go first? Because I, I have one in mind. You can go first, and I, I won't even hate you if you go Jack Hughes again because last I year he got injured. I won't because he's still kind of a Band-Aid. But <laughs> ooh, it's really tough. I'm looking at the NHL leading scorer list because that's usually just what it is. Yeah. Uh, seeing Gabe Flaherty, seven points, looking good. But uh, I'm going to go with Sidney Crosby. If okay. The, if the Penguins keep going like they're going – uh, I don't think, and like, I think he's right there. He's been unbelievable this season. Um, the reason I think the bit, one of the big reasons why Pittsburgh is doing as well as they are, it's Sidney Crosby, you know, he's old now, but he's still got it for me. Uh, I'm going to go with him for the heart trophy. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with a team that I think is going to do really well and a guy who's who's going to excel doing it. And I, I, I don't think he's going to be the sole reason this team does so well. But, I you know, I think he's just going to have, like, he, he's going to be on every important play. He's not necessarily going to be the guy who creates everything, but he'll be there. And I'll, I'll go Artem, Artemi Panarin. Of the New you York know, Rangers. I was a big believer a couple of seasons ago. We didn't win it. I was a big believer. Our Temi Panarin should have won the, the yeah, trophy. You know, I, I think I, I, the, so Rangers, I, the Rangers have a really, really good team. And as long as they don't do anything drastic and try and trade for Patrick Kane and have to give up too much, um, I, I think we're looking at – like he, he has the potential to, to win it. I I agree. I think he can be right in the mix. I think, honestly, the thing that really hurts him, honestly, is that they have Igor Shosturkin. Yeah. Right, who you could also make a case as their most valuable player. Um, but I do I do like that pick. Um, should we go... I don't know what trophy to go with next. What are you thinking? Do you want to go Art Ross? Which sure. is kind of... Kind okay. of related to the heart, but not really. All right, we'll go Art Ross, but we're going to say McDavid's out. We're going to say we can't pick McDavid. Because yeah. that's just no fair. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and it's like, whoa, Matt Zuccarello is tied for second in, or third in league scoring or league or points. Well, he really is just that guy, right? Tempting. It's very tempting. Um, You know, I... I'm going to go, and I know it goes kind of against my heart trophy because I think that if my Art Ross winner wins it, he'll win the heart too. I'll go Crosby. I would oh. really, really like to see that. What is that? I'll go Crosby. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, interesting, interesting approach. Because uh, I would love to see it. I'm trying to manifest it. Should I, should I, I was, now I'm kind of debating, like, should I just say Panarin and then we just cover our bases but, here? But the, but the problem is if, if Crosby wins the Art Ross, I think he automatically wins the heart. I, I don't think there's a doubt in there, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, oh, there's, there's a lot of names I'm thinking of here. I got two. Okay. I got two guys I'm going to go with. Number one, Andrei Svechnikov. Okay. Right? I think he's, he's had a good start to the year. Guy's a player. Um, I think he really drives a lot of what Carolina does. So I could see him being in the next sport. But I will go with a local guy for my actual pick. I'm going to say Andrei Svechnikov will be in the mix. Maybe he wins it. But I'm going to go with Matthew Kachuk. Okay. Over 100 points last year. Guys buzzing down in Florida. It's possible. The only thing that could keep him at a top spot, I think, is penalty minutes. This is true. Penalty minutes are usually not a great thing. Yeah. So, 
that one for me a little tricky but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go matthew chuck i'll i'll, I'll go with the uh i'll go with the guy um we'll go norris trophy I mean, I, I think I think we can basically make a same rule as with the other trophies and do a no no picking Makar because I, I do think it's it's his trophy to lose at this point in his career. Um, that being said, hmm. well, like so, a very popular pick before the season was Miro Heiskanen. A lot of people were hopping on that. But where are you where are you looking? Are you going with your guy Adam Fox? Like what are you thinking? This is the year. I think I think we should I go super off the board? Or not I, super off um, the board. I want to know how off the board off the board is. I'll go Rasmus Dahlin. Okay, because I was thinking I was gonna go Rasmus Dahlin. He's been solid. Buffalo's been solid, but they can manage to not suck, just be okay. I honestly think but the thing is, I think if he yeah. does that, like you honestly have to put him in the the heart trophy combo too. Are we like would they have to make the playoffs for him to win the Norris trophy? No, I don't think so. Then I don't but I don't think you can win the heart trophy if you don't make the playoffs. But but if Buffalo makes the playoffs. Dalin is one of the top three highest scoring defensemen. He's probably in the mix for both. He is. I completely agree. Right. Now, I'm looking at the list. If I'm going based on points, you know, I'm seeing Gustav Forsling at number nine looking good. But <laughs> I just, I can't do it, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, you could go with like a Victor Hedman. Who, but that's kind of boring now, isn't it? Right? It's Dude. more fun to go with like a first time winner. Yeah, that's a little boring. But then you just look at the list of guys and I'm like, ah, oh, it's a little upsetting, isn't it? A little, yeah. I will go. He's not done great this year. <laughs> it's really, it's just like, could he just turn it on? Maybe. I'll, I'll go Dougie Hamilton. Douglas, okay. And I will concede I am personally invested because he is like my only good defenseman in fantasy hockey. <laughs> and so it's more wishful thinking than anything. Fair enough. But realistically, like the usual suspects of like Makar, Yossi, you know, like yeah. Adam Fox. Like, I don't know. It's more fun to go with someone outside that, right? Exactly. Um, all right. I think we'll do... I think the ones we'll do left, we'll do Calder, Vesna, and Coach of the Year. We'll I, I'm good with that. All right, we'll start off Calder. I, yeah, I, I've been really impressed with this guy so far. Um, picked him up for a tomorrow. Arbor Jekash, is it that? I, I, I was going to go, actually, not too far. I was gonna go Shane Pinto. Oh, so here, 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 here's Shane my. Shane Pinto has been excellent for the Ottawa Senators. Here, here's my big thing with Shane Pinto, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. I really didn't like Shane Pinto in his draft year. I know. Now, could I be a normal person and you know change my opinion over time as you learn no, information? No, if, no, you can't. You got it. You make an opinion when you're 19 this, years old. You got to stick with it. If this podcast is built on anything, it is. St- stubbornness stubborn takes that are never changed and that is why saran noel is still the best prospect for the florida panthers and connor hellebuck is an overrated yeah. goaltender all right it is you, that is facts um i think oh, i don't want to be like kind of a dick and pick two guys but i'm gonna do it because like do it there's do nothing it. that says i can't all right number one my number one pick Kaylin Addison. Okay. That guy can pass the puck. He's been really good. Above a point per game. Rookie defenseman. Bit older. Undersized. Big fan of that. Um, I think really his only competition for defenseman from this class to me comes from Jake Sanderson. Yeah. Who's been good. 
but he ain't quarterback in the power play. He's not. And then my other guy, later pick too. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go with JJ Paterka over there in Buffalo. I, you know, I, I had a feeling this was your second guy. Well, because it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. It would. Right. Be. It's a very me type player. I love JJ Paterka in his in his draft year. I believe I don't know if I actually did this on the podcast with uh, Jacob Barker. I mean, it was on Twitter. We posed the question: Who is better from that draft? The Sabres' first round pick, Jack Quinn or their second rounder, J.J. Paterka. And I was like, it's Paterka, and it's not close. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just that's the reality. <laughs> um, so I'll go, I'll, go with, uh, I'll go with J.J. Paterka and Kalen Addison. All right. So, but like, give him better odds to win. Uh, all right, we'll move over. Vesna Trophy. I love this. I'm a big um, fan of goalies. So I've I, actually I, thought about this one. I'm gonna go Jake Ottinger. Oh, the Otter. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Otter. He's been really good. Dallas is gonna be so good this season. He, I think he's perfectly set up to be to be making a really, really strong push for that trophy. Okay. Well, if I was going solely I like that pick, by the way, a lot. I think Jake Ottinger's been fantastic. Yeah. I was I was a bit hesitant on him going into the season because he'd been very good, but the sample size was small. But he's been fantastic for Dallas, really has. Uh, if I was going to be solely on current save percentage, right, I'm probably looking at Alex Stalock. Do you know where he plays right now? Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm obviously not going to do that. I really um, I thought you were going to go with Gregory Anderson. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. If I was spending money on betting for the Vesna and I wanted to give myself like decent odds, but also like a good enough payout so I'd win, I'd probably bet on Tristan Jari right now, to be honest. Yeah. Right. It's been good. But since that's not what this is about, I will throw down my hypothetical money on Eric Comrie. Okay. <laughs> now that is that's a take that is a take i debated with going with former brock badger logan thompson but at the end of the day eric comrie to me he was excellent against edmonton i think he's i think he had a sneaky good year you know last couple years he's been sneaky good this year a bit more opportunity in buffalo how much longer can craig anderson last there right yeah right like the guy's you know, one split save away from the IR. So I'm thinking Eric Comrie for the Vesna, and Buffalo makes the playoffs because of it. You want to know what? I like it. I you know, like we're going it. real like, Buffalo heavy on this I, episode. I like this. You want to know what? It's, it's the equilibrium because we have shit on the Sabres so much in, on this podcast. But you know what? They, they absolutely deserved every bit of it. They did, and now they deserve to get some recognition. Exactly. That's See, what it's, we're doing. it's it's not bias. We, no, we are just no. It's just, just doing impartial takes, yeah. calling it like we see it. Exactly. Okay, last one here. Ready to go. The Jack Adams. Is Paul Maurice out of the conversation? Because I would go Paul Maurice. You go Paul Maurice. Yeah, I might. Um. Not bad. You might get some angry DMs from Panthers fans, but yeah, well, tough luck. Um, I, I think I think you can go a lot of ways with this one. There, there. To me, I see three candidates, maybe four, but one of them is. But that would include Pete DeBoer, and I'm not doing that. Who do you see? All right, here are three three names I want to throw at you. Number one, he gets ripped on unfairly, I think. John Tortorella. If if Philly if, can if, sustain it, if Philly can sustain, I think he's got to be in the top three. Okay, but I don't. But I also don't anticipate Philly to maintain. No. So I'm not. That's not who I'm going with. Now the second guy, I think it's actually ridiculous. This guy hasn't won a Jack Adams before for Coach of the Year, and that is uh, Mike Sullivan. Yeah, I think that's that, that, that's appropriate. Right, like I think he's done a ridiculously good job there in Pittsburgh, right? You look at them year over year, every every year people are, you know, this is the year they fall off. They never do. Yeah. Like, come on. 
yeah, the playoff results might not be there, but uh, for me, uh, I think, yeah, it's insane that he doesn't have one because in my mind, he's one of the best coaches in the world. But for my number one pick for the Jack Adams, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to stick in the Atlantic. Unfortunately, I'm not going to go with Paul Maurice. I'm going to go with Jim Montgomery uh, over there in Boston. First yeah. of all, I think it's a great story. He's back behind the bench uh, as a head coach, you know, after uh, the stuff he had going on in his personal life. I think Boston's had some injuries. Um, I think he's done a great job uh, with that team. They're kind of in this weird, like, last dance type season where they have, like, guys expiring, guys are past their prime. They sign, you know, one-year deals. You bring back Krejci. Uh, and I think I think Boston's looked really good this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You want to know what? I won't even – I'll stick with those three picks. I think those are solid. Um, I think maybe I – I don't really want to, but I, I think I would switch out um, Tortorella for DeBoer. Wow. And and the reason – like, this is just – this is what I think is going to happen. This is not what I necessarily think deserves to happen, but um, Dallas is going to be really good. Really good teams always get a look for the Jack Adams. Yeah first year coach with the new team he's got he's going to get a look for sure so um it's what i think it'll happen it's what i think will happen it's not what i want to happen but it's what i think will happen i was i'm thinking about the guys we mentioned now and i like that pick of deborah as much as i'm not a huge fan of him as a coach but it's hard to argue with what he's done in dallas it's hard to argue with it exactly right and you gotta you gotta look at it from that point of view but three to the four guys we named their first first head coaching job with their teams So it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll wrap this one up here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode doing our reverse retro rankings. Uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. And we'll be back next week, brand new episode. We'll see you all then. Are back.